0: Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Here we go. Here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Polly Dawson. pow pow pow.
0: I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what?
1: It's the second part of um our. Uh, our wait, this hasn't got an, a name yet, has it? We're going to call it the the, it's the Noel, Noel Christmas C- Christmas deep
0: Dive. Noel's Christmas Odyssey, yeah.
1: Noel's Christmas Odyssey, yeah, because Noel sounds a bit like Noel, which is Uh, another word for Christmas. Do you see what we've done there? I think that's the
0: main reason that the BBC built so much of their (laughs) Christmas schedules around (laughs) him every year.
1: Probably, yeah. Get him on, it sounds like Christmas. And he's got a beard like Santa, so.
0: Yeah, he sort of was. Yeah, he's kind of inherently Christmassy, I would say. Hmm. You know, you associate him with jumpers anyway, all year round. Yeah, he's, he's always wearing he's a sort of a colourful jumper.
1: Definitely a winter figure, more of a summer f- than a summer figure, isn't he?
0: Yeah, they, he they, all they the generally put put him away during summer, didn't they? Yeah.
1: The, the only time you've vineyard. seen a lot
0: of him in summer was the bit part play he uh, role he played in Live Aid.
1: Yeah, he would probably have some kind of gig in New Zealand, I reckon. Yeah. In in the summer months here, which is winter down there. That he keep quiet about. So um, we're just still at the beginning of this two-hour broadcast that he's done. We're not going to cover the whole thing. There's there's choice moments throughout that are really good. Um So in the introduction, Noel describes this as an international lineup. So I th- when he said that, I thought, well, yeah, they're in the Sudan. That's abroad. Maybe there's other places they're going to go to or have content from around the world. I don't know. It's obviously a big deal. This show, but then he elaborates on that a little bit later. He reiterates that it's an international lineup. He says, "As we go to Scotland and Wales and Northern <laughs> Ireland,
0: <laughs>
1: I thought, hang on, that's not international; it's all Britain."
0: Yeah, and the thing is, I couldn't work out whether he was joking or not, or whether he's really trying to claim that that renders it international. Well, if he, was he doesn't joking... deliver it like a joke, does he?
1: No, I was going to say if he's joking. It's really deadpan. It sounds like uh, he means Just it.
0: while we're talking about. Um, all these different countries that he's he's referring to I'm a big fan of the fact that he mentions a few times era
1: era of course era because
0: era is what I I realised that when the first time I was familiar with the term era in 1985 I wouldn't have known what the fuck he was on about Mm. I became familiar with era a few years later when Jack Charlton's island team suddenly became quite significant force Mm -hmm. and that, and of course, people write it E-I-R-E, mm. ERA.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And at, at that stage, people started saying ERA a lot. And in the end, people just thought, this is fucking bullshit. What are we say saying ERA for? Let's just call them Ireland or the Republic of Ireland.
1: Do yeah, you know it, I mean? was all, it was always ERA when I was a kid. So I'm a bit older than you. So it was It was always yeah. ERA in the football, like qualifying tables for the Euros yeah. and the World Cups and that. And I didn't know what it was or how it was pronounced.
0: It's stupid. And, Because it's era, it's not even spelt the way it's pronounced, and call it what it is, and in fact, it's imperialist bollocks, right, making them have a different name. The fact is, that country is called fucking Ireland. It's Ireland, right? And anyone who's trying to say it's not fucking Ireland is probably fucking Millwall up to their old tricks. It's one of those situations. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and And, the thing was...
0: It was politically progressive when people just started saying Ireland or Republic of Ireland. Mm. But he's saying era a great deal and he's boasting about the fact that we're connected to, that the show's connected to era as if it's like really fucking flash that we're in era too.
1: And the thing was as well, that was well, when I was a kid they were called era and I didn't know how it was pronounced or anything. Mm. And the manager was uh, a guy called Owen Hand and his name mm. was spelled Owen was spelled E-I-O-N, because that's the Irish oh, yeah. spelling of Owen. I do not have a fucking clue what was going on in the south Listen, of Ireland right.
0: then, when I was a kid. I know we've got listeners in, in Ireland, and i just say, the, and I know it's probably to you, it's tiresome hearing this, but the fucking spelling situation with some of your names is all over the fucking gap. <laughs> the worst is Siobhan, Sib Hoan.
1: Yeah. It's
0: got a fucking B
1: in it. I mean, Neve. get real. Neve as well. Yeah. Nevis, N-I-A-M-H or something like that? It makes no sense. I've
0: got an auntie, Roisin, but to be fair to her, she spells her name R-O-S-H-E-N.
1: Okay. She's adapted. Which is. For the, the wider yeah, public. Which
0: is not how most Irish people would spell it, but she's just. She's lived in England her whole life, so she's like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm spelling it like I want.
1: I get so much aggravation that I'm just going to fucking change the spelling. Keep everybody yeah. happy. Go for a so um, it's an international lineup: Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Aera, the Sudan, um, and we we go to live TV picks then from um, a commercial airliner. It's never been done before, and Incredible. it's an aeroplane full of kids. Um, uh, hang on, mate.
0: Hang on. Don't throw away what you're about to. So I'm worried that this is this is amazing. <laughs> please,
1: please jump in. Go on.
0: He. Uh, Noel is genuinely excited by this that they've got a commercial jumbo jet right and he says it's never been broadcast for from a commercial jumbo jet Virgin Atlantic, which I was surprised was started in 85 I thought it came later, but anyway, fine it's probably mm-hmm. quite early and you know Branson doesn't miss a trick you would have thought yeah fine this is this is classic Branson and Noel mm-hmm. two the, the two two of the biggest bearded PR geniuses of their age teaming up together, together big right? dogs. Yeah. yeah, the big dogs. Can you imagine the summit meeting they had, the two of them? <laughs> both both in jumpers, both with beards. Both with beards. Yeah. Both prowling like tigers.
1: It it would be like that, that uh, meme of the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. Yeah. It would be like that, but with beards it, and jumpers.
0: It, it would also, it's sort of, it, I imagine they go, right, we're getting together. Noel is meeting with Branson because... They've got a concept, they want, to, they want to develop a concept together to yeah. effectively promote a commercial brand via the BBC on Christmas Day. Yeah. They say it can't be done because it's literally against the rules, but, <laughs> no, but, but Noel and Richard reckon that they, they can find a way around any rule. And when they got together, I think they prowled in a circle around the room. They both stuck to the parameter of the room and they eyed each other and they held their hands out like claws Mm. and they just slowly circled each other silently for a few hours before they actually started the brainstorm.
1: Yeah, of course. Maybe the first one
0: of them would sort of gesture forward. You know what I mean? It's just to (laughs) scare the other one. And the other one would go like like two
1: boxers just just eyeing each other up before the fight really begins properly. Maybe the so, first meeting but, was just that, and then it took a second meeting to actually get down to the bones of it.
0: They knew it would be as well. They said, now, at the first yeah. meeting, you have to understand that there won't be any ideas discussed. That will be a very Maybe much a, what we might call getting to know you sort yeah. of a session, where we'll just circle each other for a few hours.
1: Maybe leaning forward and sniffing the other one a little bit just to yeah. get their scent. Occasionally
0: twitching. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, interesting anyway. to see.
0: Uh, he goes basically Noel says look at this we've got this jumbo jet it's on the fucking tarmac at Gatwick we're going there now live um, he goes um, we are going to be broadcasting live from a jumbo jet it's the first time it's ever been done now I would say this actually is impressive even today because broadcasting live from inside a jumbo jet even if I saw that on telly like this afternoon I'd be thinking wow that's quite incredible <laughs> yeah. right? that it's quite a smooth feed, despite the fact that the plane is in the air moving, right? Yeah. Um, but you sort of think, okay, Noel's really fucking revving now, because he goes, we've got a jumbo jet there, we're going there live, it's going to broadcast from inside, and we're going to cross there now, where we have the Crankies and Gary Davis. And that's when you think, yes, this is why me and Dawson decided to do this, yeah, this is why we've gone back to Christmas 1985 with Noel because Noel was broadcasting live from a jumbo jet, presided over by the Crankies and Gary Davis. Yeah, this is what we came for, right yeah.
1: there. Exactly, exactly. It's the whole heart of this entire piece. And he yeah. says, "There's 200 kids on there. Can you imagine that? 200 kids on a fucking plane?"
0: But Andy, who are the kids and why are they
1: there? It's N- never it's explained. Never, it's never mentioned. We don't know. We don't know if they're disadvantaged. We don't know if they're standard but kids. But I think in we those don't know if days. Po- posh, rich kids. We don't know. It,
0: well, it, 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 I think that in those days, kids were bracketed with, you know, the disabled or impoverished. Yeah. It, was really. a, it was a minority group. It was a group of vulnerable, oppressed people. That's mm-hmm. out. Pe- so you didn't have to say, you didn't have to specify and say, these are kids that are poor or these are kids who are ill. You just said they are kids and people would go ah oh.
1: bless them. Yeah we
0: got all yeah. of some kids and we put them on a jumbo jet and a jumbo oh, jet's going to take up I love off.
1: that the kids Yeah, exactly
0: because they don't get anything do like, they? You know, most kids you wouldn't going on a plane was a massive fucking deal. Now kids are fucking growing up they've all been on fucking easy jet about 20 times by yeah. the time they're one.
1: I didn't go on a plane I lost 14.
0: Fuck's yeah. Sake. I mean, going been, on a plane was my, utterly mind blowing, wasn't yeah,
1: it? My, my son's been on a plane about fucking twenty-five times. Twenty. Well, it's gonna yeah. be a, it's gonna be an even number, isn't it? It's not gonna be a, an odd number. Um, but yeah, twenty-six times probably, and he's not even fourteen yet. I was fourteen, I hadn't been on one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, um, that that was it. So, so he didn't have to. I'm thinking, explain what's going on here. Why the kids there? The main thing I think about those kids and Noel and everyone involved in this Mm. show is fucking hell, they've sacrificed a family Christmas. But Noel always had fairly complex sort of, he makes reference near the beginning of the show to the people he will be having. He goes, I'd also like to say hello to, and I can't remember the names, it's like Susan, Stephen and Jenny, who I'll be joining later for a little bit of Christmas dinner. He says that quite early, and I'm like, oh, all right, mate. Who are they? He doesn't mention whether they're related or they're pals or what. I don't just know whether he was between people. marriages at that stage.
1: I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But
0: All these kids, like everyone, they they must have thought it was really good because everyone I see on this show, you think, on Christmas, it's got to be something extra special for you to not just be in your rig <clears> with your family, yeah. right?
1: yeah where are the families are they just in the airport then just watching waiting for them to come back they've sent them off in this plane anything go, could happen where, in
0: this plane where are, you, where are your kids this year there's a family Christmas going on where, where are the kids oh the kids they've um, they're at Gatwick Airport they're well they're actually by now just check me watch they're actually in the sky they're what what are you talking about no it's uh, Noel Edmonds recruited them for a uh, they were recruited by Press Noel Edmonds and um, they've been put on a jumbo jet uh, with Gary Davis in the Crankies and Virgil Sharkey, and they're flying around. Where are they flying to? They're just f- hovering above, <laughs> hovering above the southeast of England. <laughs> But they, it, it goes. But it's Christmas Day, yeah, I know. But they, you know, like goes, I say, they goes were recruited all around, by Noel Evans.
1: It goes all around the country, though, because they they point out the re- they go to all the regions, <laughs> don't they? And they say this plane's going to fly yeah. over all the regions, the and regions. they tell you where it's going to be, and tell you to look out for it. And he talks about how the sky's clear, and they they they, they thought it was going to be cloudy. But getting back to the kids, there's mm. a lot. It could, this could go horribly wrong because of kid energy. Kids yeah. are really susceptible to copycatting you've heard Mm. about this thing where if a kid throws up in the classroom 10 other kids might throw up as well because there's this collective thing where they just all do the same this could go horribly fucking wrong if these kids decide to i don't know fucking wreck the plane or storm the cockpit anything could happen and it's easy to get in the cockpit then
0: it's
1: it's Probably a line of kids waiting to get in the cockpit. I've got in the cockpit when I was 14 when I went to Greece on that yeah. first ever flight.
0: I went on easy. a flight when I was nine to Rome on my own, like Whoa. to see my relatives. when you were nine. When I was nine, it was this Fuck. thing, it was this thing where they said, Right, I don't know whether they, I think they thought it would be good for me or whatever, but basically, I was going to see my Reddit, my cousin and my aunt in, uh, yeah. in Rome, and what I did was my dad took me to the airport and they let your parent go as far as you possibly can without, you know, going through with the passport. And you get... uh, Back then, there was like, if you'd arranged it, there would be a stewardess who personally took you Mm. to the plane. Then another stewardess would take over on the plane. And then I sat on the plane on my own, just sat there samming it up, mate. Just sat there thinking... I think it was my first time on the plane. I'm like, I'll be there soon, I suppose. I'll just try not to think about anything until I get there. But then yeah. they came up and they said, do you want to look in the cockpit? I went, fuck yeah. But it, of course. I don't think I'll do it again. I found it quite intimidating.
1: I was going to say, how did you feel? Did you know, were you not like terrified that you were in the sky and you didn't know for certain there'd be someone there at the other end to get you?
0: Yeah, I felt I'd have been quite nervous. It. But I remember my parents, my, like, it was my dad's plan because it was his sister who lived in Rome and they just thought it. I think him and his sister schemed up the idea together, mm. and uh, I thought, yeah, they G'd me up into it and generated a huge amount of excitement and sense of adventure around it. And on mm. the whole, I sort of went with that. But the moments where you're just suddenly the plane's taken off and you no longer have a stewardess or anyone talking to you or holding your hand, you're just sat next me to a stranger. Yeah, yeah. And you're just on this fucking aeroplane with a little plastic cup of orange juice. And yeah, you're thinking, well, this is fucking weird. Because as a kid, if you know, if you're lucky, you always sort of feel like you, you're being monitored or supervised, and, yeah. and that there is a structure. But I didn't know what was going to fucking happen at the other and, end.
1: And nowadays, if you were that stranger sat next to you, what would you do? If you were sat next to a kid who was on his own on a plane, would you mm. talk to him? Because the, the, I, it's hard to be regarded I, I, as a non steer because that sort well, of well, there's so much noise.
0: Think- now in society isn't there that it really affects your own behavior like only this morning i walked my daughter to the bus stop this morning because it was very dark and on the way back i walked past the kid who lives up the road who is the son of her former childminder so i've known this kid since he was basically a baby yeah and him and my daughter kind of grew up together because my daughter used to go to his house pretty much every day while, while we were at work right and so i've seen him grow up but he's a year older than my daughter and after I dropped her at the bus, stop, I was walking back and I saw him come the other way. And now he's a big, gangly adolescent, practically as oh. tall as me. And, you know, he was a, he's a lovely kid as well. Mm. But now he's an adolescent. So I can see he sees me coming and he sort of stares down at his feet and that. Because when you're an adolescent, just having to even do the smallest fucking exchange with someone, especially an adult, is excruciating, mm. isn't it? Mm. And I can sort of see he's dreading me interacting with him so I was on the other side of the road but I just thought I'll do him a favour and not say hello I yeah, guess yeah. I carried on walking I thought this is fucking mad I know this kid we all mm. live in the same area it's really nice to say hello to other people's kids if you know them because it makes it should make them feel reassured do you know what I mean yeah that they're yeah. out and about on their own but the other pair, the other adults in the in the area know them but I thought it's fucking mad I mean there's no nonsense in that but there is a sort of a thing where you can't think I won't I don't want to say hello to this kid in case it disturbs them in some way. Do you know? what Yeah, I
1: mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to be sympathetic towards how they, how you think they'll be feeling. Yeah, and the embarrassment of being a teenager and everything. Nah, maybe he did the right thing, but I don't know. If I was sat next to a nine-year-old on a plane, and he was just there on his own with his cup of juice. I don't know what I fucking. I don't know what I'd do. All
0: right, mate. Yeah. So you, so, so you got yourself some juice uh, there, have you? On a,
1: bu- on a business trip are you? How are you up to? What's it been like since Brexit? Then business good? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's tough with the imports I'll be and honest, exports. It's not made every...
0: any impact at all on me. I'm a oh,
1: podcaster. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of that about.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's just it's me, the southern middle-aged fella, We do. Uh, we. I start off as football, but nah, it's just like, it's books, a, lot so, yeah. a lot of bollocks. Yeah. Talk a lot about getting
0: winded. Lot of Noel Edmonds stuff. Are you familiar with Noel Edmonds? No, I oh, was yeah. probably a bit before your time. <laughs> now the podcast probably wouldn't be for you, to be honest. I wouldn't A lot bother. Of swearing in it. it? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when we haven't got anything much to say, we just swear.
1: Yeah. It's good though. I mean, we're pretty much on our own buses. It's uh, it's good, good. nice nice job, nice work if you can get it. Jalapeno. Here's a Brief But Annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this Brief But Annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering.
0: For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or Brief But Annoying messages like this that'll get right on your tics.
1: Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Yeah. And uh, as promised, the Crankies are there.
1: The Crankies are there. We've also, we're also promised Paul King from the group King. Uh, of course, yeah, he even plays proud. a
0: sort of a small role, really, in it, doesn't he? He's he there. And I, and I wound up thinking Paul King has sacrificed family Christmas to yep. go and, go, like, he's got yep. the call from Noel's producer going, It's Noel Edwards producer. Oh, by the way, did you catch who directed this whole thing?
1: Was it Michael Hill
0: It was Michael <laughs> Hull. <laughs> Because it was. <laughs> because at one point something goes wrong, which, as we said on the last episode, Noel relishes. It's what Noel is there for, is yeah. for things going wrong. But at one stage something goes wrong, I think it's like he's put through to the wrong number and right. that irritates him. And he says something like, Well, that didn't turn out that well. Was that a good idea? Huh, Michael Hull. Um, clearly think so judging by what he's saying in my ear <laughs> and I thought of course it's Hull. <laughs> who else would it be it's Hurl in his cricket jumper Hull in his cricket presiding over this fucking what a <laughs> pairing Michael Hull and Noel Edmonds yeah the A team
1: again big dogs
0: um, yeah but I would I would sort of um, if I was Paul King and I got go what are you doing on Christmas Day well I am going to take it easy I was going to go around my mum's and have a bit of turkey and just do the usual been a hard year no, Noel wants you to come on the BBC. What, it's a live show? Yeah. Well, maybe if it's in the morning, I can just get a cab there and back, and it's just out. No, no, no. you got to go to Gatwick Airport and get on a jumbo jet. Playing for the kids. It's a stunt. There's going to be a load of kids on there. <laughs> Who else is going to be on there? The, just kids. W- will I be presenting it? No, no, no. You won't be presenting it. That will be Gary Davis and um, the Crankies. Right, so will I be performing? No, we've already got a music act. Fergal Sharky's doing that. So what will I be there for? We just need to pad it out with some famous faces. I'll be honest, we've had a few no's. You weren't top of the list, but you're on the list. We're going to pay you a few hundred quid. Don't be a cunt about it. Just fucking be there. Right, but
1: look, look. This time next year, mate, you might be working in Tandy again. So you know, <laughs> grab it while you can.
0: <laughs> so fucking Paul King's reluctant. Oh fuck it! All right, I'll go. He's gonna. My agent said it's going to be really big, and I th- I think that I haven't got many more hits left in me. So I'm thinking of pivoting into TV presenting anyway. <laughs> yeah, and this might yeah. be helpful. But they don't call upon him to do anything other than he takes part in a game with a kid at one point in which he ends up with like gravy or custard all over his face it's yeah, horrible
1: yeah it's, it's the thing from Cracker Jack the crankies used to do isn't it mm. the pick a letter thing but we'll get to that um, and the plane takes off and it's launched by a woman from the Isle of Dogs who's on the phone and her name is Mary Christmas
0: <laughs> now they think this is a wonderful idea and he goes I'm joined on the phone now and Noel keeps doing that contrived laughter when mm-hmm. it's clear that it's not funny and he doesn't find it funny but he wants to pretend that everything is hilarious and chaotic. <laughs> so he goes, oh, we're. Jo- I mean, you're not going to believe this. We're going to have uh, a member of the public is going to give the signal to launch this plane. And we're joined now, you're not going to believe it, by Merry Christmas. And he says, it as if, oh, this is the funniest thing to have ever fucking happened in anyone's life. But then he says, and she's from Millwall. And obviously yeah. my ears pricked up. Mm. and I thought, oh, Millwall, you don't often hear of people being from Millwall, right?
1: Yeah. Now,
0: he gets her to launch the plane, so she sends the message via Null to the yeah. cockpit, take off, so they take Go! off, and then he says, as she goes, All right, take off, ben. now, what's crucial for you to remember, and I'm not just saying this, this is absolutely on the record true, He's confirmed it to me personally when I interviewed him, and it's widely reported. Noel is a West Ham fan. He's always been a West Ham ah, fan. Right. He's from he's from Essex. Didn't know that. Uh, he went to Brentwood School, same school as Frank Lampard. Uh, he is uh, proper in the Wallhammer, right? Yeah. So this Millwall thing, he's had to go with it because she's called Merry Christmas, and they might have only been able to have found one Merry Christmas in the whole country. Yeah, and when they said we found it like you said Noel but she lives in Millwall he would have thought fucking hell well I haven't got much choice I'll have to go with it but what he does is he humiliates her because he stops referring to it as Millwall and starts referring to it as the Isle of Dogs
1: the Isle of Dogs since
0: those days has become quite a trendy sort of a place but this was before the whole redevelopment right Yeah. so the Isle of Dogs was as it sounded it was an horrible fucking place, right? <laughs> <coughs> and Noel, nowadays you've got to be so sensitive about everyone and everywhere and show mm. respect and love for every fucking place you could mention. But yeah. back then, this programme is wildly London-centric. The way it refers yeah. to everywhere outside of London is simply as the regions. <laughs> the regions. In some sort of dismissive <laughs> way, the regions, i.e. Yeah. not London, right? But even Isle of Dogs, which, of course, is London, he goes to her at the end to this Merry Christmas, he goes, thanks, Mary. God, have a good time in the Isle of Dogs. God, I bet you'll wish you're on that plane, don't you?
1: That's right, he does. He does. But she hasn't said
0: anything. He's literally just saying, He said before that, he's already said something like, and you're spending Christmas Day on the Isle of Dogs, are you? And if I was Merry Christmas, I'd be thinking, yes, I fucking am, because that's where good I live, Good luck of Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Isle of Dogs fuck me what a shithole you can't call it do you have christmas in the isle of dogs do you oh you can't really call it that though can you what are you having for your christmas lunch shit on toast is it (laughs) mud oh disgusting i can almost smell it down the phone well good luck i hope you don't die you probably will though probably will yeah it's outrageous Oh, he cringes as he said it he said have a nice Christmas in the island dogs oh I bet you wish you were on that plane I
1: (laughs) think I think there is no Merry Christmas I think the production team have set this up and it's just one of the researchers and she's pretending to be called Merry Christmas and they've said she's from Millwall just to fucking all off
0: just to fucking get inside his nut
1: yeah there's no Merry Christmas
0: (laughs) knock him off fucking course
1: yeah apologies if you are Merry Christmas and you're listening to this please Get in well, if touch. If you're
0: Merry Christmas from the Isle of Dogs, get in touch. I'd love to yeah, hear from you.
1: Definitely. So the plane takes off, and then we're still airborne because we then go across to Mike Smitty Smith, who's in a helicopter. He's landing in a place called Rusper I don't know where that is. I guess it's somewhere in the southeast or southwest. Yeah, he's it it, basically
0: London. going around Surrey. Yeah. That's that's what <laughs> so going Surrey and Berkshire and yeah. places like it's, that. It's, it's he, not he's the going region. around the stockbroker belt, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there uh he lands his helicopter, he's dressed in this white jumpsuit thing with fucking got Christmas trees on it or something, and he's got like Christmas it, balls it, yeah, hanging ridiculous. off his fucking kit. Uh I I'd forgotten how fucking annoying Mike Smith was Smithy until this Smith,
0: started. Yeah, he's yeah. really annoying. But one thing that I did pick up on is that there'd always sort of been a, a double act in a way, a bit like him and Checkers had been before, right? Yeah. And there is a genuine Real, genuine affection that exists between Noel and Smitty. Right. Noel loves Smitty. He's mm. adopted him and he has decided to nurture his career, right? Mm. And I almost, yeah, I get the impression that Noel sees Smitty almost like a son and has said to him, I'm going to train you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to nurture you. And one day, when the time is right, and I cannot tell you when that day will be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I will hand over the keys to the kingdom to you. I will mentor
1: you. you. You will be my, my protégé, Smithy
0: yeah. Smith, and in return, all I ask, Smithy, is one night with your wife, Sarah. Green. <laughs> <laughs> that and your undying loyalty. That's the deal with the devil that I am asking you to do. <laughs> it's the original indecent proposal. <laughs> no, but he does. He really. There's a real affection. He, he like a lot of the warmth he shows is sort of i feel that a lot of it's faked right but i feel there is a sincere warmth and that when he throws to there's something that lights up in noel's eyes whenever he throws to smitty he genuinely thinks right this is going to be great because now smitty's going to do something. but again big breakfast owes it all to this right this is exactly when like the big reps used to send richard bacon you'd have johnny Vaughan, and he'd say right we're going to richard bacon richie where are you and Richard Mm -hmm. Bacon would be somewhere other in the country and he'd basically be organising in a a street somewhere out in the regions Mm -hmm. a bunch of local residents to take part in a silly game first in the morning out in their street and the presenters like Johnny and Denise would be in the studio laughing and Richard would be running around presiding over it all
1: that is exactly
0: what is going on here. So, again, but a you, direct lift
1: it, to the but Big that, Breakfast. there's a direct link from Chegwin to that, because this is what Chegwin would do on Swap Shop every week. Chegwin would be somewhere yeah. out there... In, the, in Britain somewhere each week with a bunch with of the kids public. everywhere and he'd probably yeah. wearing a plastic bowler hat with a Union Jack on it maybe and there'd be yeah. flags and shouting and mad games like there'd be and a they'd fucking back back Null, and Null, Null, sort of of
0: wiping a tear away going yeah. what the hell is happening over there <laughs> it's Absolute out of control there. <laughs> oh, we've, we've completely it's lost mad. control oh <laughs> That's his main thing, it just keeps coming back to that, we've totally lost control, that's, but they never really have.
1: We get that right throughout, it's it's woven throughout this entire broadcast yeah. as well, that that low level, where you don't have to be mad to work here, but it helps.
0: Yeah, fucking totally that. Dull, that.
1: That's the entire, that's the entire
0: null thing, isn't it? Yeah,
1: so there's loads of that going on. So Smitty lands in his helicopter in Rusper, uh, and there's some fucking. Uh, Noel describes them as uh, loonies that yeah, are going to be doing the word. games. Loonies. He
0: absolutely loves the word loonies. Yeah. We've got
1: some loonies there in Rusper. The whole village has turned out this year. Fucking yeah. why?
0: Fuck knows. Just, I keep thinking that the producers organising this, like having months in advance to turn up at this village and convince enough people to give up their Christmas afternoon to Piece come and of take a party. Piece
1: it. of piss. You're going to be on the telly. You're going to be on the telly. Yeah. They'll have gone into the local pubs, put the word around, put a couple of fucking flyers up. Piece of piss.
0: What are you doing Christmas Day? Having lunch and presents. Fuck that. No, you're not. You're going to come down to the fucking green I'm going and to dress talk up about with Mike Smitty Smith. <laughs>
1: <course they> <laughs> All right. Uh, Fine. <clears throat> and then, so Smith, Smitty Smith you going to get a five <laughs> you get <getting> nothing. <laughs> they <laughs> fucking get nothing. They'll do it just to be on the telly. That was a yeah. massive thing back then. they got to be on the telly. They'd be fucking they get pissed as all well, do not they? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a, a wine taster there as well who just is there's just There's a lot of reference
0: a, to, pe- to, be to pissed. people being pissed, which I yeah. don't think they do nowadays.
1: No, of course not. No.
0: Like, oh, there, there's, there's a lot of ah, Everyone's fucking paralytic. And you're yeah. thinking, fucking hell, this is a family show in the middle of the day.
1: Yeah. And then my favourite bit happens in possibly the whole thing which is after he's introduced the loonies Smitty goes across to where there's a big block of ice ice blocks and then there's a fridge and all of a sudden this fridge just explodes there's a huge explosion in front of the fridge the door falls off the fridge and this cunt climbs out of the fucking fridge
0: (laughs) Amazing.
1: Smitty introduces this cunt as ice (laughs) boar Is that meant to be a play on Rambo? Because I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> no. He's called Bore for no reason whatsoever. And we don't find out why he's there until later on. But it, the fucking fridge explodes and this cunt just jumps out of it. And this and, is uh,
0: a, a time when the government have constantly been fucking reminding us that they shouldn't let kids in climb inside fridges.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So Smitty goes, "This is Icebo and Icebow goes, "Hello." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no loves fucking... this shit. Oh,
1: no yeah. loves shit like
0: that happening, yeah. and then not being explained because it's about be perfect. going, what the hell's going on?
1: Yeah. Um. So Icebow is introduced. We find we get more from him later on. Then they also um, set up another thing that's coming later, which is the dizzy race, where they're getting people to hold a broom up high aloft in the air and spin round mm. six times. Uh, and then try and run in a straight line, which it's is a real problem hilarious. for Smitty
0: because Smitty says, "As you will see, <laughs> it's completely impossible." Right? <laughs> and then they do it; they do the spinning, <laughs> and then they run, and it's not impossible. They all easily complete the race,
1: fairly straight line. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and they make Smitty look like a fucking cunt. Not for the last time that day.
1: <laughs> so that's Smitty's first first piece of action, and then. We uh null tease up the regions again. Of course, we could we, we keep on outside broadcasts all over: Norwich, Newcastle, Northern Ireland, uh, Belfast, Glasgow. Did I you notice is...
0: that when they throw to Belfast, Leeds, like some of the regions Manchester. they go to, there's mm. there's a lot of light like, people there, and then some regions yeah. they go to, and there's just one cunt stood in a car park. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh fucking you that's a bit rubbish, right? I know it's. But they go to Belfast. They repeatedly go to Belfast. And did you notice? What a cunt the bloke in Belfast is, and Noel notice. gets really fucked off of him.
1: Didn't he's notice, really no.
0: pissed, and he's done up like a weird mime artist. <laughs> and it's fucking genuinely peculiar. Even Noel can't like understand what's happening because <laughs> they go to the other regions, and it's all that cheesy. They've got kind of crappy BBC reporters in each yeah. region. Go, hi Noel, I'm here with uh, the workers from the such and such hospice yeah. here in Norwich and uh, they're all uh, you know they're all doing this for charity and it's like oh, oh, oh. and he goes right let's go back to Belfast and there's just this one fucking weirdo done up like a fucking mime artist and he is babbling nonsense. And Noel's I'm, asking him questions and he doesn't respond. He just keeps babbling nonsense. And Noel gets a bit irritated. And then I sense genuine fear in Noel. And they have to go away. But every time they go back to Belfast throughout the whole show, this same guy's there and he is off his fucking tits. And Noel keeps going, I don't know about that guy. I think do we think he might have had a bit too much mold wine this morning?
1: <laughs> I think Noel, I think Noel is just confused and bemused by Belfast and Northern Ireland. In general, it's it's, it ties in with his international uh, theory about it.
0: I've never been there myself. There seems uh, to be a lot of trouble over there. I'm not quite sure of the details or the history behind it, but uh, let's just say there's some odd characters.
1: Because there's an interview (laughs) later on with a guy who turns up and uh, doesn't understand a fucking word he's saying, and it's tricky for him. It's really tough. But we'll get to that (laughs) later on. Uh, So anyway, he's he's teeing up these prizes that are going to be in the regions. He says, there's three things we want you to do and you could turn up uh, and win a prize. One, turn up in national costume, but not your own nation. Yeah.
0: Now that, to me, as soon as I hear that, I think, this is the 1980s, different times in terms of political sensitivity you are really this is like you're off this is a red flag you are basically doing an open invitation for Christmas racism here completely and and indeed so it transpires later in the show
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then the second thing is we want you to turn up with a door what the fuck and the third thing is we want you to turn up with a fried egg and he keeps saying (laughs) this over and over again you need to fry it well Make sure it's properly <laughs> fried. <laughs> uh, what? So this was this might have been at the height of the um, the crisis of uh, salmonella. Maybe there was egg fear throughout the land. <laughs> so uh, Edwina Curry. I must
0: admit, when he says fry the egg, and our reporters are going to eat it, right? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, these hapless reporters that they've got. <laughs> They're not like Smitty is the star reporter and then yeah. you've got Gary Davis on the plane, he's sort of like a star reporter. But the others really are just he doesn't give them the time of day. They're, They're just the, fucking mouths underlings. on a stick.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think they usually do and it and he's gone, now listen, I wanna I wanna get the people, these fucking punters to turn up with fried <laughs> eggs, but it's very important. I want the fucking reporters to eat them on air. Uh, The reporters aren't sure about that for health and safety reasons. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Tell them they're eating the egg. The idea doesn't work unless we see them eat the egg. But we don't know what these punters will have cooked it in. They'll be scum. We're talking about the regions here. (laughs) Fuck knows what they... They probably don't wash their pants. They probably don't even have proper cooking fat. They they probably use their own saliva. I don't give a fuck. Make them eat the egg. The the egg's going to be cold, though.
1: The egg's going to be cold. I couldn't give a fuck. Just fucking eat it. It's show business, Listen, darling. He
0: grabs, he grabs the producer by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> I'll say this for the last time. Each and one of those fucking cunt reporters <laughs> will eat the Friday, <laughs> live on air, on Christmas Day.
1: or you're fucking fired. <laughs> and so are all of them. If I don't see an egg getting eaten somewhere in the regions, I'm walking off this fucking show live. I'm going, and I tell you where I'm going. I'm walking straight
0: down the street to ITV, where there's a big fucking fat contract <laughs> waiting for me anytime I want it. Next question.
1: <laughs> um, we'll we'll leave it there because we're about to see uh, a pre-record of people uh, trying to compete for a place in the chance to run up telecom towers 816 stairs, and they do this by running up telecom towers 816 116 stairs. Yeah, it's quite weird. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll have more of that in the next one. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye.